Welcome back to Dist Media, a startup story. My name is Ben Olmos, founder and CEO of Dist Media. This is a podcast where I take you along my journey of starting Dist Media from the ground up. If this is your first time listening to the show, welcome. I'm happy you found us and hopefully you'll like what you hear. For those of you coming back, I'm glad that we piqued your interest enough for you to return and I hope that you enjoy this next step in our journey. This show is all about documenting Dist Media's startup journey and keeping you in the loop every step of the way. I'll be keeping you up to date on meetings, phone calls, emails, and all the things that I need to do to get this business up and running. So with that, let's pick up where we left off last time. All right. Welcome back, everybody, to Dist Media, a startup story. And this episode, we're changing things up. So if you're a regular listener or if you have listened to our podcast in the past, the first four episodes, something that you're going to notice is that this episode is going to take a little bit of a change in direction. And the reason for that is, as I listened back, and part of starting a business and doing this thing is listening back evaluating what you're doing, and then making a determination of whether or not you feel like things are moving in the right direction or not. And as I listened back and got some feedback from some folks, I kind of felt like maybe this podcast was a little too luxury and a little too boring. And so I wanted to try and liven things up a little bit. And some things have changed. Now, uh, when I last left you all, we were still very much in the infancy of disc media. And We are a little further along now. So as you listen to this episode, we're going to be going back in time a little bit, talking about some things that have happened and then moving you forward in this episode and maybe the next couple before we get current to where we are today. So I appreciate you guys sticking around, listening in and taking in some of the changes that have happened. So with that, I want to start out by introducing a new board member that we have, one of our previous board members, Mira, decided to take some time away from from what we're doing, really just kind of uh, leaving her board seat, primarily because she had another job opportunity. It was something that she really wanted to dedicate and some time to and focus on. Do not blame her at all. And still very much would love to hope that we cross paths with Mira again down the road. But When that happened, it forced me to have to say, I still need to create this board to help me with strategic directions, to help me with input and professional feedback and all kinds of wonderful things. And one of our board members, Keith, had recommended that I reach out and speak to Alan Landry, who is joining us. Alan, how are you? I am uh, I'm wonderful, Ben. Thanks thanks for having me on. That's it's exciting to be part of this change, really. Well, thanks Alan. And let me let me uh give folks a little bit of uh a little bit of up to speed of how we came onto this because when we first connected, it wasn't because I was going after you as a board member. I was really kind of evaluating your interest of of becoming a writer and contributor to Disc Media. But then as we spoke, and I learned a little bit more about you and your background and the things that you've done, I was like, I could really use somebody like Alan to to help with what we're doing. And so I ran it by you and you graciously accepted to join us and help out, which is awesome. Thank you. So let's let's help people get up to speed with a little bit of who you are before we travel back in time. So Alan, 
I'll let you take it from here. Tell the folks a little bit about yourself. Oh, wow. Well, first, uh, and you, you've heard me say this several times to you, uh, thank you for the opportunity to play in your sandbox. Uh, this is absolutely fun for me. It's exciting. And uh, I'm just I'm just overjoyed to have the opportunity to contribute some of the things. I love working with you and with the board. So by way of background, um, I'm a retired Army colonel, 26 years active duty, uh, West Point graduate, two master's degrees in military arts and sciences. I'm a strategist, a strategic planner. After I retired from the Army, I went to work for Aerospace Defense Company, now known as RTX. It was Raytheon. I spent 10 years with them in strategy and business development leadership positions. Retired from Raytheon in 2012 to start my own business. And so that's another reason I'm so excited to be here to learn from learn from you, Ben, and to share, share my insights and the things I'm passionate about. Uh, so I appreciate the platform. Married, four children, and twelve grandchildren. And so, the, goodness. yeah, seriously, those are those are the important things. So I tell tell everybody I'm 71 years young, uh, and you're at at this stage in my life. I should be contributing more than I've ever been able to contribute before <laughs> because I've learned more. So when people talk about retiring, hanging it up, it's craziest thing I ever heard of. It's it's funny. One of the things I I tell people a lot is that one, I'm never going to retire. And uh, I, I very much stick by that primarily because I always say, look at Warren Buffett, like talk about a guy who doesn't need another nickel and goes to work every day. And he does it because he loves what he, what he does. And I think that's really the key is to, to do something that you really enjoy, turn a buck, doing it and uh and enjoy life so that that's a big part of it and making a difference i mean at the at the stage that we can all learn from each other and at the stage of of our lives uh, one of the things i love about your board is it's very diverse uh and we have every age group basically <laughs> represented and yet we're all out there with the same kind of goal and purpose which is to make a difference and bring our passions and and our strengths together to create a, a team that's going to make this media successful. So again, yeah, no, I I mean I generally I I love working with uh, smart people who challenge me, who can push back on the things that that I uh, you know sometimes come up with because I can come up with some cra- crazy ideas at times. But also, you know, I'm always looking for people who are, are smarter than me, but who can also who can laugh and have a good time and enjoy the work and not be so overtaken by the work that it then becomes a job. That's right. That's right. That's one of the, having this interactive opportunity here is, is not just a chance to learn from story because there's nothing really more interesting, I think, in anybody's life than why are you doing what you're doing? How did you get to how did you get to where where you are today? I mean, what was this little kernel of a seed that popped up in your a successful businessman, you turn around one day and say, I'm going to create a media company. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. So uh, let, let's get let's get on that. And uh, I talked a little bit about that in, in previous podcasts about, you know, this kind of being the right time to do it. And what I mean by that is really, you know, from a technology standpoint, if if one of the things that I think came out of the uh, pandemic was a plethora of resources and tools and technology and really kind of changed people's 
perceptions about what can be done in a remote environment. And as uh, somebody who has really been looking at this stuff for some time, all the way back to, you know, Tim Ferriss's book, Four Hour Work Week, which is, you know, got some years on it now. But, you know, at the time that book came out, he's talking about setting up drop shipment businesses, setting up people who can help you all around the globe, look at your emails. And, you know, he really opened up a lot of people's eyes to what remote work looked like. And then we all became remote workers in some form or fashion once a pandemic hit. And in fairness, uh, I say all, a lot of us, uh, a lot of us soft hand people. And what I mean by that are, you know, people who we have soft hands because we type uh, a lot and we don't necessarily work with our hands as vigorously as as some others do. So I'm talking mm. about the population of people that had to work from home. There, there's still a, a great number of people who did not, yeah, that, that opportunity didn't come to them. But even if it didn't directly come to your to your everyday work life, in some form or fashion, the pandemic changed the way that we did things and made us understand the value of the internet and uh, computers and you know remote connectivity and all of that stuff. So we all got very educated in that, and that's when I talk about this being the right time. It's also the right time of people who I knew who were kind of transitioning into the second chapters of their lives, many of them, successful careers for many years, and me, like you, Alan, many others who are on the board, like we're not done. Like there's still a lot of things we want to do, but the work that we're doing now is more the work that is self-fulfilling, that is enjoyable, that is helping us to remain creative and expand on things that we've enjoyed, but haven't necessarily had an outlet for. And so that that's a big part of it too. And then we also have Matt Sancombe, who is really kind of our, you know, he is our media expert, right? So Matt is an entrepreneur, he's a business owner, he uh, runs multiple media organizations. And so uh, just having his kind of guidance around some of these things of, you know, what we can be doing better and all of that stuff it has really helped as well. So being in the right place to have all those things come together. One of the things that I, I do want to shift gears on and talk about, though, is when we last left the websites, Daily Pitch or the dailypitch.news, as well as discmedia.com hadn't even been created yet. And so one of the things that I had to get to work on was building out those websites. And again, this is just one of those things that because of the advancements in technology, because things have gotten easier over time, the tools have gotten better, that you know you can create a digital presence online, uh, a very professional looking digital presence online. And, you know, do so with with some I I use this cautiously when I say relative ease, because if you've never worked in this space of web pages or, or domain names, or, you know, anything like that, 
it's a lot to to learn. But one of the things that I always want to impress upon people is none of this stuff is impossible. Mm. I didn't know any of this stuff when I first started doing it either. I just, you know, kind of dedicated my attention to learning about it, reading about it, watching YouTube videos about it, going through endless forums and, uh, you know, community groups and Facebook pages and just kind of immersing yourself amongst many other people who have the same kinds of questions you do about how to get something done. And, you know, I say that because all the things that we're doing here at Disc Media, there are things uh, that people can certainly also get a handle on and do themselves. It just, it does take a little bit of time. It it does help too, knowing people who do this for a living that I can also kind of reach out to and say, hey, I'm stuck on this thing. How do I do that? And, you know, they can say, oh, you know, try this or try that. Uh, so, so building out the websites was, I, I would say, one of those big things that really sucked up my weekend. I, I would say it, it took me probably, you know, several hours to get everything kind of situated and working the way that I wanted it to. Oh, I want to tug on this uh, and go back to you were talking about building building out the website, but your comment about nothing is impossible. One of the things that uh, the reasons I said yes to you, and you've heard me say this, I love your story. I love what you're trying to do. And I watched all four of your podcasts. And the thing that I thought was so impressive that a lot of leaders don't get to is being able to walk someone through the journey, successes and failures, this worked, this didn't work. And you want people to, to not be afraid to innovate, to not be afraid to be an entrepreneur and to, and to go out and do that. So you're, you're learning as you go, but you're teaching. You've got, you're a professor and you can't help but, but teach when, when, you, when you do go out there. But you're, you're doing it with the purpose and then you surround yourself with the board. And the other thing I think is most impressive, Ben, and really important for the audience to hear is, as a leader and the owner, you ask and you listen to the recommendations that come from other people. You don't always accept them, but you're always willing to entertain those ideas and thoughts. And so if we could pull on this whole business of what, in the last four podcasts, what are the lessons learned that you could share with the group? Gosh, lessons learned. Um because there's a lot going on in uh, there's a lot of a lot of different moving parts, right? So incorporating and starting your business that way, that there are there are lessons to be you know learned from that. And if you've never established a business entity or you know filed for a C corp or anything like that, those are are lessons to be learned. And and you know it's funny I. I was having this conversation with one of our other board members, uh, new board members, haven't uh, introduced everybody to them, but we have another Matt on our board, Matt Gilbert. Uh, we'll, we'll get to talking about Matt in, uh, in future episodes, but Matt is also an academic and, and an entrepreneur. And, and because we're both in academia, you know, I, I talked to him about the fact that, you know, we teach this stuff all the time. I go into classrooms all the time and I, and I tell people with confidence how the business world works. But some things that we talk about in the classroom in practice 
maybe we haven't practiced it to the extent that um, expert, you know, in that thing knows it. And and that's one of the things about being a professor and 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 teaching in college is that a lot of times we we talk theoretical, we talk concept, we draw from our own experiences, having you know been. Uh, the 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 nice thing about being kind of the practitioner professor is that you have worked with a lot of companies, a lot of different people, a lot of leaders. You know, I tend to do a lot of things in sales, marketing, operations, or or analytics. So you know, that's kind of my world, and I know how to speak to that quite a bit. Now, academically, I've studied a lot of different things. I have experience with these things, but. You know, when we when we talk about social media, because, you know, there are classes that I that I teach in social media, I understand these things. But doing the doing the work, one of the things that is really kind of hard to articulate is the fact that there's there's no formula for this. You can read a textbook about it. You could follow every single thing the textbook says. But when you execute, it may not come out like the way you envisioned it would. And you have to then learn how to go, oh, okay, well, now I need to step back. Now I need to, you know, tweak. Now I need to reset. And by the way, this isn't just like media stuff. This is everything. Like this is every company has a product idea that, you know, will either become part of the billboard of great ideas or will go to the graveyard of bad ideas. Mm-hmm. Every company has, you know, its stars and, you know, those ideas that, that got, you know, canned because it just for one reason or another didn't work out. They all started out as great ideas. But being able to, I think, to talk to people about what works and what doesn't work and why it didn't work and, and be able to give that analysis. One of the things Alan, that we've talked about is a lot of times when people talk about business, they talk about business from the success stories. They look at it retroactively and they say, oh, this is what they did. And, and if you if you can somehow steal some of that energy or, or some of those insights and replicate some of those practices, then you have a better chance of succeeding. In my years of experience, what I realized is that's not necessarily true. There are great leaders all the time who move from one organization to the other, they were stellar where they came from, they move into something else. All of a sudden, everything they were doing before, it just doesn't work. Why doesn't it work? There's a lot of reasons why it doesn't work. What I'm trying to do with this media is say, look, folks, if you're interested in starting a business, if you're interested in, and it doesn't have to be a media business, it could be any business. Like I'm going to open up what we're doing here share it with people. And if it, I mean, who knows in a year from now, we might not get any traction. This whole thing could go bust and we'll have some cool stories to talk about how one time we start, tried to do this thing. Uh, or <laughs> we, we might get some traction here. Some people uh-huh. might get interested in what we're doing and might say, Hey, yeah, I like that. I want to support that. I want to, I want to see more of that and get more of that. And that's what we're hoping is going to be, ha- is going to happen. But hell, it's it's not when you watch these uh, influencers or, uh, you know, people on YouTube or Instagram, they talk about like, oh, I just did this, this, this and this. And bam, I made a thousand dollars a week. Like, no, that's it, it's not 
that. Can it happen? Sure. Does it happen? It it fails more time than it than it succeeds. So is this is this why you call this thing dist media? Because it's <laughs> it's not focusing just on the success stories. You're telling the inside. You're you're telling what the sausage factory really really looks like there. Yeah, so, I'm I'm I'm. Uh, this is a crass analogy, but I'm showing the animals uh, getting slaughtered, uh, and you know it's not just pretty packaging in the uh, grocery shelves. Truly, it's. Uh, you know, dist media, the name comes from being dist, you know, kind of one of those Gen X terms uh, that means disrespected. I do not have a media background. I did not study journalism. And there are going to be journalists out there who look at what we're doing and they're going to go, what do those idiots know? And you're exactly right. We don't know anything about this. But you know what? I read plenty of business articles from journalists who don't seem to know what they're talking about either. So, you know what? We're we're, we're even. <laughs> well, you're you're disrupting something here, and you know when Clay Christensen wrote that book, The Innovator's Dilemma, one of the the key points that he made was, anytime you can identify an unserved or underserved marketplace, you've got an opportunity to disrupt something. Talk yeah. to me about what you're trying to disrupt here and why. Well, you know, so I'm trying to disrupt business education a little bit, and part of the reason why is. I heard something uh, years ago, and I, I wish I could remember who said it, but they were talking about how we are training people today. We're in college. We are training people today for jobs that don't exist yet. And when I was working on my undergrad, social media manager was not a job. It wasn't even a thought. Uh, influencer was a ridiculous idea of of what a job could be somebody making their profession creating content and putting it on youtube 10 years ago that seemed insane right. and today it's just a reality so having been in academia for nearly 20 years now i continue to to work with many people who are stuck in their traditional ways of academia. And, you know, this is something I think about a lot. There is, the, uh, I see, be uh, careful as I say this, but I don't think there's much being taught in college today at the undergrad level that you can't find online. Mm, very interesting. Very interesting. And so the question many may have is, well, then what's the value of college? Well, here's the value of college. College will force you to be exposed to something you wouldn't otherwise expose yourself to right. and get feedback from people who are proven experts in what they know. And whether you agree with that feedback or not, or whether you want to take that class or not is not really the point. The point is to be taken through a, a pathway of, of being exposed to something that's going to make you grow in ways you probably didn't expect you would. And so a lot of times what I hear in the undergrad kind of landscape is, wow, I, I kind of knew that, but I didn't know what it was called. And then I read this book or I took this class and now I know what it's called. And so 
my, you know, my, my, my thinking around a lot of this is that how do we, how do we get people to be better at certain things in, in business, because it's going to help them for the rest of their life, something. And I'm biased when I say this, because I do have business degrees, but I often say a business degree is a life degree because the things that you will learn in a business course and in a, in a business curriculum, you will apply to whatever job you have, whether you're an entrepreneur or a doctor or lawyer or a, you know, aerospace engineer, like there are things you're going to learn in a business degree that are just going to continue to pay dividends. And, and what I find is really unfortunate is that many of these things in a business degree, we should be incorporating in your lower level classes, like from junior high and high school should mm. have a lot of these things that we teach in, uh, in business curriculum. So yeah, I'm, I'm trying to bring everybody up to speed a little bit faster than coming into a business degree program and, and you like starting out, out a little bit behind, um, trying to think of a better way of, of putting that, but suffice it to say, I, th I just think that there's a, ton of information that we can bring to people. And I hope to be able to do that through the content that you'll, you'll, you'll get here through daily pitch and other things that, that we hope to, to do down the road. So, so if you're king for a day here um, and, and you're trying to disrupt this whole field of business education, which by the way, it's very interesting because you're on the inside as a, educator and most of the time where disruption is successful it comes from someone on the inside who tried and was not able to make what they wanted to get done done within the the system the conservative system so you're you're disrupting things there you're king for a day what is your content going to do that uh, is going to be the most significant disruptor what i hope that we can get to is and I kind of draw a little bit from my own uh, younger year experience. Now, when I was younger, we didn't have the technology and the internet and and the the mobility of knowledge that we have today. I mean, if you wanted to learn something, you had to go to the library. Um, <laughs> exactly, use a card catalog. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so. So we have we have the world's information in the palm of our hands these days, which is which is great. I mean, that's a wonderful starting point. the The problem is is that we have a lot of noise and not a lot of editors. Oh, wonderful comment. So, I, you know, what I want to be able to do is edit this tsunami of information that is out there about mm -hmm. about business and and focus it in a way that it becomes useful. Yeah. And, you know, there are a couple people, there are a couple institutions out there right now, organizations out there that are making education more accessible. So there's like University of the People, there's Sailor University, there's uh, Udemy, there's um, Coursera. And all of these organizations are I think doing great at making education more affordable. But, you know, if I had to take younger me 
And, you know, I didn't go to college straight out of high school, but I was always interested in business, but, you know, didn't really know where to start with that. Didn't, you know, didn't know where to focus with that. My ambition would be that people can engage in the stuff that we're doing and really start to understand that this stuff isn't hard. What is hard is getting yourself focused and motivated to actually do it. I think once you have the focus and the motivation, the grit, that determination, once you have that, that then lights the fuse and gets you moving. And, you know, the other part of that, I think, is getting the positive reinforcement that what you're doing is moving in the right direction. And that positive reinforcement comes from either positive feedback or, you know, quite honestly, just dollars in your pocket, right? <laughs> so I think when somebody makes a little bit of money doing something and they realize that like, oh, okay, well, the, the, this kind of works. Like, I want everybody to get to a point where they go, I can't believe I get paid this much for doing that. That's you know? yeah. Yeah, you you interesting story that you tell here because you're representative of that unserved or underserved market, and so yeah. you you were in that position, and now what you're doing is leveraging your business acumen, your education, your credentials, your board, all the social technology media. You're leveraging all that to solve the problem that you didn't have a solution for when you were younger. Well, yeah. And I, and I think that there's a lot of people out there who have that kind of potential, but they don't surround themselves with the right influences to get to where they want to be there. There's an, another, I don't know where this saying came from, but I heard it and I liked it. Uh, what got you here won't get you there. Yeah, right. And, and I like that because there's a lot of people who, you know, they they get some early success, but then they don't change their circle of influence to take them to the next level. And an, another something that I heard, heard this on a podcast, and I, I wish I could remember, but again, like I, I, I want to accredit. So if anybody hears this and they're like, hey, dummy, this is who it came from. Uh, yeah. Let me know. But uh, another something that I heard that I thought was really great is that you want to have um, the people in your life should be, you know, more or less split up into, into thirds. One third of the people in your life should be people that you're trying to help bring up to your level. The other third of people in your life should be the people who are at your level that you're able to, you know, kind of be yourself around and, and, and you know, bounce ideas off of each other. And then the other third of people in your life should be people who are at a level that you're trying to get to. And that having that balance of always trying to attain, get to a certain level, but also working to bring people up behind you, like that just creates a really good flow for, you know, for, for living. What I want to do is like, I want to help those folks who are down there Wondering, like, how do I get focused? How do I get energized? How do I do this stuff? How do I start a business? How do I start a website? Like, what, what's it going to cost me? How much do I need to save? What are the kind of people that I need to bring in to help me get to where I want to be? And everybody's story is going to be different. But, like, I started this from nothing. <laughs> so I want, want people to realize that, like, you know, hey, even <laughs> if this thing fails, 
you're going to learn a lot along the way, and you're going to apply that to the next thing that you do. I, I love the word you used, but you didn't didn't describe it as grit. And one of the things that I have watched you in action in board meetings when people tell you, Ben, that's a stupid idea. Why, why are you doing that? And you're doing exactly what you're doing now. You laugh because you're not afraid to pivot. Earlier when you were talking about 20 years from now, maybe this all goes to puff. Well, you know, the point is, Ben will still be out there pivoting to something else because you're not going to give up. Talk about grit and where that comes from. Oh, man. Um, I think that so something I've said a lot uh, throughout my life is that uh, hunger is a great motivator. (laughs) True that. (laughs) And um, and so, you know, uh, food hunger is is a great motivator. Seeing a crowd of people uh, living the good life and uh, you're not is is a good motivator something that i haven't shared uh in this podcast i i as i mentioned did not go to college right out of high school and what that meant was i had to take a lot of jobs that didn't require a degree even though some of those jobs were some of the the most fun i had they were also the lowest paying kind of work labor kind of work i've done everything from fixing washers and dryers and refrigerators to delivering pizza and flowers and working in kitchens and like all kinds of stuff. The thing though is, is that my grit is wanting to live a better life, do things that uh, I saw other people doing and realizing like there's two, two attitudes you can take to seeing people do things that you're not doing. You can either try and tear them down to to make them your equal or you can try and build yourself up to you know to get there just as well and i much prefer building myself up than trying to just tear other people down by the way angela duckworth she's probably the foremost expert on grit there's a it is i'm getting ad, academic now grit is one of those things that uh, there's a lot of behavioral uh, variables in there. Yeah, it, grit, grit, grit is a hard. That's a hard thing to answer. But suffice it to say, I think it. You know, for me personally, it was desire to to do something more. It was um, my upbringing. You know, my dad had a really good work ethic to him. My siblings have really good work ethics to them. Like, you know, right. there's there's uh, nobody who I think of my family, if you sat around and waited for something to come to you, you would get ridiculed and teased. And so, you know, it's like just expected that you've got to go out there and work for things. I've seen a lot of grit, of course, from my military background and and so forth. But what I would tell you, there's a distinction here, one that's really important for you. and, And part of it is your sense of humor that you bring to your grit. It's not just persevering and just hanging in there and pivoting when something doesn't work. It's doing it with that character that says, I'm gonna bring other people along. And that's such a powerful thing. It's inspirational, I have to tell you, I've shared that one of the reasons that I enjoy working with you is because of that. And part of your disruption here is bringing other people along on your journey. So how can people engage with you and this media 
in this journey that we're all on now and uh, you know what kind of resources can they bring to bear to to help you out help us out well you know it's funny right now uh anything you want to do that i don't have to pay you is very welcome (laughs) (laughs) feedback that's good feedback's free right (laughs) well you know because that's the reality of it right now and and everybody on my board right now knows this and and i've shared this with folks like i'm giving uh i am giving up uh <laughs> equity in the company in exchange for people's time and attention and you know i think one of the things that younger people can learn from that is that by dividing up the pie and sharing it you will get more help than trying to own everything yourself mm. because you want to be you want to reign supreme and you know you want to run everything you want to call the shots whatever movie influenced you or television show or or public figure that you think is out there you know you look at a guy like Mark Cuban you don't think Mark Cuban has investors you don't think the guy works with a lot of other people whenever he's doing a, a venture or a collaboration like there are you know he doesn't go after these things and say a hundred percent of this is my, even his earliest companies, even broadcast.com, one of the earliest things he had partners, he had people he worked with. So I think one of the things that you can learn uh, early on is don't be so focused on owning the whole thing yourself, split it up, share it, open it up. I, I think, I think that helps. And so when I say like, now I'm at a point where you know, I'm not looking necessarily to give away more equity, although I have, you know, still equity and reserve that if I, you know, somebody comes along that's really talented and thinks that we can blow this thing up with what they know how to do, my ears are open. I'll I'll certainly entertain that thought, but also understand too that, you know, me being who I am and, and the work that I do, I also enjoy all the other stuff that I that I am involved in and all the other things that I'm doing. So what I want Disc Media to become is that is that or what what I I guess I'd say what I want people to understand about this is you can create something like this. And it doesn't mean that you have to break away from the stuff that is your, you know, kind of bread and butter, right? So my bread and butter is is not disc media. I uh, I have full time work elsewhere. I love the full time work I'm doing. I have no ambitions to stop doing that full time work that I'm doing. But you know, it's funny. So people will say, "Well, then why are you doing this?" Okay, that was the next question. Why? Why, Ben? <laughs> why are you doing this if you don't want it to be the, this big thing? So uh, people are very familiar with Shark Tank by this by this time, right? Does anybody ever sit there the next season of Shark Tank and ask Mark Cuban, are you sure you want to invest in another company? Are you sure you want to own another thing? You, you realize that he splits his time across a lot of different things that he does. Exactly. And so my point here is, is that I'm always going to have the thing that I'm dedicated to. But what are you going to do with the other amount of time that you have left in your day? Because I think what people have to kind of 
think about and and by the way and i always tell people this like there are people who are going to listen to this next part about how i work and they're going to be like i don't want to do that but i'll be honest with you folks i don't take a day off i when i go on vacation i have my laptop i'm always checking my email i have several email accounts that i'm always looking at i might work till two in the morning i might get up at six thirty. i might work till two in the morning get up at six the next morning and and you know uh, because I got to do something before, you know, I start my primary thing. I don't count the hours I work. I don't count how many days in a row I work. Mm, yeah. I just have a list of things that is constantly growing and shrinking. And that's a, those are the things I'm working on. And it works for you, right? That's what works for me. Yeah. Do I expect it to work for everybody? No. But if you if you really want to get to where you want to be, you got to put the work in and there's yeah. no, there's no easy way. There's no fast way. You always have to prepare for the opportunity because when the opportunity comes knocking, you have to one, be able to recognize it. And then two, be prepared to be able to move on it. So if, you know, if you're not, then you're not going to get very far. Like, I, I shouldn't say that. It's not that you're not going to get far. You're not going to get as far as you'd want to to go. And it's going to be a lot harder. Yeah. So there's there's a whole lot of things. So so um, I guess the the last. I mean, there's so much meat, so many wonderful wonderful messages and lessons here. The the abundance thinking versus scarcity thinking, dividing your time, you know, doing what works for you, surrounding yourself with people that can can complement your strengths and so forth. But we got an audience out there, Ben, it's listening. And, uh, and, and, you know, my question to you is what at this stage of the game with uh, podcast number five, what words of wisdom or insights uh, would you like to, to share with them? Um, yeah, it's funny. I always uh, <laughs> positively think like, well, oh, words of wisdom, like work your ass off uh, <laughs> and, and don't complain. Um, no, I mean, uh, I tend to, uh, be very kind of pragmatic and, um, a little, you know, kind of plain spoken. I would say that, you know, one of the things that I would enjoy is seeing this thing grow to the point where, you know, people benefit from listening to what we're doing and then taking that and using it as a way to kind of build what they're doing. And I say this all the time, like, and, and any, even anybody who's listening to this, like, you know, if you, have, if you have a question, if you have a thought, you have an idea, you have feedback, like send it, just, you know, feel, feel free to reach out and ask. And I would say that that's probably one of the things that people put as a barrier too often for themselves is they're just afraid to, to ask. I've had the opportunity to work with a lot of really interesting, talented, sometimes even famous people in, in the work that I've done. And the one thing that I've always appreciated is that everybody Stop putting people on a pedestal. Amen. Yes. Stop putting people so high that you feel you can't occupy the oxygen that they are breathing. 
you can walk up to anybody you wish and say hello and introduce yourself. And it, it you know, because I guarantee you that person, uh, maybe uh, royalty in England might have had a little bit of a head start. But, you know, you'll be, you'll be surprised at the number of people who are doing well in life who didn't start out that way. Right. Don't be afraid to to reach out, walk up to people, ask people questions, you know, just be respectful. You know, I think with a little bit of respect, a little bit of grit and a little bit of confidence that you're not going to make an ass out of yourself. Uh, <laughs> and if you do, eh, so what? You know, you, you'll get over it. That's awesome, uh, and awesome advice there for for anybody to uh, to take on board. Well, those are all the questions I've got for you today, Ben. Well, Alan, I I appreciate it. I think you know, kind of having a, a format where we you know kind of talk about what we're building toward is good. This episode, I think, is going to give people a little bit of uh, understanding about uh, about you, about me, about some of you know, it's a little bit of a reset episode, I think, to give people a little chance to see where the ambition is. And we are going to get more into the business side of things. And so I want people to, you know, like, like hang in there. I just don't want to be as lecture oriented as we have in the past. So one of the things that we're going to be doing as we move ahead is bringing on other board members and making our kind of team conversations here a little bit more open to all of you all. You get to, to hear us kind of build this thing and hear our ideas and, and what works, what might not work, but there's a lot more to learn. So, so coming up, we'll be talking about uh, what we're spending to do all of this. I, I joked about the fact that, you know, and it's true, I, I don't have a lot of money yet to to pay anybody primarily because one of the things that we are challenged with is monetizing what we're doing. So we're, we're going to talk about that. How do we get monetized? How do we make money? We're doing a lot of effort right now. And um, right now we've earned, uh, let's see, I need to break out two fingers. I've earned <laughs> absolutely nothing uh, so far, but that's okay because, um, you know, it, it, if you do it well, uh, it'll come. So I, I do want to draw the audience, anybody out there listening, if you have not checked out the Dis Media website and the content that's already out there that Ben's been working on and the other board members and so forth, take the time. He's got bite-sized chunks on this stuff, and I, I can commend the podcast as well as the articles. You will find something of interest in any of this stuff. So look forward to uh, to more sessions like this too, Ben. And again, thank you for letting me play in your sandbox. It's a big sandbox, man. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's lots to do, but uh, I'm hoping that uh, we're we're gonna get more focused in the weeks ahead because uh, yeah, if you're checking out the stuff that's coming out now, we're talking about things that are happening in the past. So we'll get up to speed here soon and then uh and then we'll be putting some shows together on uh on content and all of that stuff so look forward to it all right well folks uh thanks again for checking out uh disc media a startup story uh, you can always check out the work that we are doing on the daily pitch.news or if you're curious about other things that we might have in the works you can also go to discmedia.com but until next time, we'll see you later. See you later. Adios. <laughs>